Welcome back to Black Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back to discuss the fourth episode in the second season of Wheel of Time, Daughter of the Night, written by Dave Hill, directed by Sanai Hamri. I thought this was another great episode. Not quite as strong as the previous, but still some forward motion on Perrin's storyline, which I think was necessary. We get to understand the whole Leandrin situation. Like it's out in the open. It's exposed for what it is. And what does that mean coming forward? I'm really intrigued. Because I do think that Leandrin is probably one of the more complex characters that I actually don't find myself consistently annoyed with. Like, Maureen's supposed to be complex, but it's really hard sometimes. The same with Nynaeve. It's just, I don't know, their performance doesn't convey the same emotions I get when I'm watching Leandra, and maybe because there is, I don't know, a little bit more commitment behind it. <laughs> Maybe it's simply just because she's on the dark side of things and I'm starting to lose a little bit of not even starting to. I've always had the inclination that this White Tower and the Aes Sedai are not as moralistically uncorrupt as they would like to display themselves and I do feel as if they really are playing checkers and chess is going on but it's sad that only a handful of people seem to be playing the game and that feels disproportionate from what I understand at least the Amarillin seat to be as a person so I, I got a lot of mixed feelings before we jump into the recap, we're listening to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. If you want to leave feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below and make sure you like and subscribe. I don't know where Ishmael was and it doesn't matter. This actor and the characterization of Ishmael is definitely what I felt was missing the first season. There didn't feel like an an immediate threat to what Moraine was always presenting. And this season, I know that this guy is a problem <laughs> that feels very much as if He's to be taken seriously. And we have a scene where he seems to unlock a seal of what we later learn is land fair or land fear. It's Brittany, bitch. I always say my favorite villains are the ones with quiet minutes. They don't need to announce themselves. They don't need to make huge monologues. I even love the scene where he had with men. Like, I won't hurt anyone, maybe. Like, I'm not going to try to convince you one way or another. 
I already see inside your soul and there's nothing you can do about it. All of this conversation that you're doing is for your sake. Back in the village of somewhere, Avenor, we learn, is the younger sister of Moraine. She starts to go about her day before she gets a notification that her older sister is here. And that must be trippy that you have aged and you're the younger sister and yet your elder sister comes in looking very much like the day she left however many decades ago since it's been that long since they've seen each other moraine comes in she isn't keen to be anything other than herself honey badger don't care honey badger don't give a shit it just takes what it wants Despite what she says, there was that moment of excitement, of investment, idolization. This is a moment she's been dreaming about for years, and it very quickly becomes a disappointment to her because Moraine isn't here for any, for any familial bonding. She's here for herself. And I think this trend of having not the most likable protagonist is growing on me in a sense of these women are not all perfect and they're not going to live up to your standards of what a protagonist has to be because their focus is very much on a more altruistic type of goal and despite the manner in which they conduct themselves they are on the right track further than anyone else and I see and appreciate that but on the other side it is not easy (laughs) for anyone around these people I think to have to to have any affection for them because you're constantly kind of being surrounded by a rose in all of its thorns Lon is now holed up looking very hippie-ish in a village of Alana's peoples because they was like oh I see you brought a third man to the whole show that is your sex life. And here we thought you had uh, slowed down. Lana's bond hasn't been ripped from him. She has concealed it. So Lana knows that he won't kill himself. Maxim and Yvonne are there as well. Is it? No, it's Ivan. And they have been checking on him thinking he'll be suicidal because this bond is it's real. She wonders what he will do next since they are going back to the tower tomorrow. She says that Nynaeve is going through the arches. Girl, you need to update your information. And that she'll soon need a warder. And he says, I won't repeat the same mistakes. I'm so glad that he's not her warder. The more they spend time apart, the more I can't see them together. (laughs) And that is a problem show. That is a problem for for an investment in that relationship. 
Alana tells him Moraine was different until 20 years ago when water turned to ice. Basically, something happened to... to... that was the catalyst, so to speak, to this change in their persona. And hopefully we get that backstory. It's a reason. It's not an excuse. Because there, there's a couple of people... Well, only two competing for <laughs> they're being told that that they're this type of person, but they continue to act as if they're competing for the worst awards. And yes, we are talking about naive. Understandably, though, not only has she gotten an upgraded room, she isn't overjoyed because she's still traumatized from her time through the arches. And the loss of a child, the loss of feeling as if your mind has been somewhere for years. It is very much a, a transition of. So she needs some time with that. Here comes Egwene. She's just excited for her friend. She's trying to be supportive to her. They've not talked about what she ended up eavesdropping on, which some would say is your fault for eavesdropping. And she tries to touch her ring. Like, what does it feel like? But Nynaeve is pretty much the same shut down. Not going to open up at all. And I get it to a certain extent. And why she's so easily able to talk about it with Leandrin. If you don't understand me talking to you about it. And your response already is it wasn't real. Clearly... You're not the right person to talk to about this because it felt real to me. And maybe though she could massage that idea that just because it wasn't real, it still has its mental hold on me. So I'm kind of back and forth with both of them in this moment because Egwene is acting as if she didn't go through an ordeal and is only focusing on the positive, which is what she ultimately wants is to be accepted. Whereas Nynaeve is like, that shit was um, a lot. And I didn't even really want to be accepted other than the fact that it will allow me to get a better understanding of um, making sure that the people I love are safe. She hugs her back with a lukewarm reception, like coming out of a trance. It, it seemed as at that moment she was trying to reconnect. She just couldn't. Moraine ignoring lunch with her sister goes out to have a chat with Loghain. After learning from Celestin, that ran attends to him. I feel like with a town this small and you being nobility, which also explains a lot. I'm one of the baddest motherfuckers of all time. <laughs> one of the best singers, one of the best looking motherfuckers you've ever seen. Hold my drink, bitch. I think that there's a reason why she never came back, even though clearly she had people, at least her sister, who loved her dearly. And that, you know, something happened where she was disillusioned in life and decided that this other path 
where she and she alone can save the world is where she has decided i mean she she's not even trusting the person she should trust the most but also yeah you can find out where Rand lives very easily it's only like 50 people here stop playing <laughs> it's probably a lot more instead she goes to talk to Logan to find out offering him wine he yells at her and blames her for losing everything, even though he could have ended up a science experiment for the yellows or the browns. He has no appreciation for that. So she says, I'll offer you what you really want, which apparently is death, since he's cut off from the one power. But she's supposedly cut off from the one power, and we haven't seen her suicidal other at, at any point she's just been a little mopey but otherwise still still very much unchanged is there something to that why does everyone that's cut from the one power long so i mean he was drooling at the thought of being kept alone with that knife he wants to end it the price of his uh his suicide is that he trained ran and teach him everything he uh knows about controlling the power since ran right now hates it Egwene feels even more disconnected to Nynaeve as she is one one doing house chores <laughs> oh with Elaine correctly pointing out that one you don't know what she went through in there two you know that you and her are in different states right now you still need to be accepted and she isn't accepted it almost feels in a way they're doing a mother-daughter thing with Nynaeve and Egwene but the nurturing aspect seems to be missing on the it's like mama bear, but not, you know, you know, you're supposed to also talk and love your child. <laughs> I don't know if that's what they're really going for, but it feels like that. It feels like Nynaeve's the adult and Egwene's kind of still the child has this uh, rather naive, naive, naive bubble of the state of things, whereas Nynaeve is kind of reading shit correctly, even if she is blindsided by what happens later on but Leandra has been playing the long ass game Egwene feels though due to the fact that she lost the person that means everything to her so she still loves Ran it's gonna be a problem when she finds out that he had moved on and loved someone else I think he probably still loves Egwene too but he uh He's, he splits his heart between <laughs> multiple women. And since she got her through that loss, she owes her and wants to be that for her. And they were that for her before they came to this tower, she feels. And she's frustrated by that. And I get it. It's like, yeah, ever since we came here, things are not quite the same. I would argue things have been that way since <laughs> since things went down in the village 
And it is curious that you guys have not looked. I think Nynaeve's one of the only few that's looked back or even considered with the exception of, of course, Matt. But that's because that was his last place to go. And even he knows I can't go back there. Like, I feel as if they've been told they have a a future and that that future involves them being crusaders and this struggle with the dark and this great fight with the evil and the darkness. So that is what you guys are focusing on right now. It does mean that you're going to go through different trials that's going to change the nature of your relationship. And that's just called growth. But like I said, I get her frustration at the idea of she's putting up all these barriers even between me and I'm not even used to having that with her. Nynaeve goes to looking for Maxim and Ivan, but finds a young warder who is impressed that she channeled in the arches and offers to train with her, which he declines. He makes a quip about how the Ajas will entice you. I'm surprised they're not following you around. Just do me a favor and don't choose red. To which she gives him a look. Don't be a bitch. Considering she herself had feelings about the reds two seconds ago, I'm not with this uh, response to what is just friendly conversation. And this is where I'm like, where's the wisdom? Where's the person that I'm supposed to have known before I got the ice? Because I felt like I only ever, ever saw ice. It makes sense with Moraine. It makes less sense with Nynaeve since it's in her nature to be a nurturer. She should have been just kind to this young man. He meant no harm. Leandra and creeping in the corner is proud of the interaction. And I'm not even quite sure why because what she stood up for her. Before receiving a note that leads her to Sharif, wondering about what the response is to the happenings going on on the Western shores, she clearly feels that the Amberlin is doing insufficient work, even though Sharif says she sent out some sisters to investigate, but since they only took not too many hostages, they're not worried about it. But clearly she's worried about it. She can't talk to the Amberlin. She's being shut out. And I think she has lost faith in the tower's management. And I'm not even sure she's wrong. And Warren Sharif, if the seat goes down, so shall she. Catching up with our boy Perrin, he keeps going on and on about his friends and how he needs to rescue them. Are we not following the caravan? I can't even see it no more. It's like, I don't care about them people. (laughs) Uh, Meaning Elias. He does need to find out the truth of his nature. And this is the closest person he knows to get those answers from. And Elias, after talking about the wolves, there are brothers he's like what do you mean me too bitch you're a wolf brother that's what they call us that's what you are accept this as your truth am i gonna turn into this wolf puppy that's so cute next to me 
He said, don't be stupid. <laughs> I thought that was a valid question. <laughs> Parent figures out that he didn't stay in the village. Elias, that is. I knew he heard that hootie hoo. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be out in the woods. <laughs> He did look at Perrin like, uh, you want to come with? You want to stay with these human people that are about to get fucked up? And of course, Perrin gets upset like, I I can't believe you didn't warn us, man. You could have helped. Are you in chains? I gave you some help. <laughs> Bros before hoes. Time for dinner. When they all went for that deer and then it turned to Perrin cooking is me i laugh so hard like yeah i don't care if i'm a wolf brother it's gonna take me a minute to be up into just casually eating you know well he made his shit look like a steak he learns that it was elias and his gang who saved him and the girl uh, was that Egwene from the white cloaks in season one and that that Perrin himself has been sending images for months, including the loss of his wife, which they all dream about when they sleep. So he's pretty powerful sending those messages because that's how they uh, knew there was a deer nearby because they sent them the image. He can do a lot with his powers. I'm very intrigued on this different take on a werewolf. And I feel as if Perrin should be a pack leader type. Because he has all of the wolves dreaming of his wife. The cutest wolf next to him also lost his mate. And he says he'll tell you his name when he's ready. Elias also tells him, I said, I don't trust what they don't understand. So I couldn't approach you earlier. Because humans are trash and so are they. So we had to be real sure. The dog tells him by showing him an image that his name is Hopper, even though Elias says that's close enough. Maxim learns that Moraine has masked the bond for the past six months when he has him help him get some water, which is how he would know how to access his mental being, saying that you're doing really good. Then he finds out that, Lana finds out that Maxim Alana and Ivan have an arrangement because when they first bonded, it was miserable for all of them. So they mask it from him unless they're in battle or in bed. He tells him if he wants to go back to Moraine, he can as no two marriages are the same. And also the tower sure as shit don't know about what they be doing. It's another question in the management there. Moraine finds out about the fire in the village and wonders where Rand has gone. He's up on a hill somewhere overlooking the village with Celine, who's taking him to her cottage cabin, talking about her first love and making comparisons while Rand is making declarations of affection. Min is meeting someone in the attic room. While Matt continues to be oblivious, he's a pawn in a bigger game. Leandrin goes to see Nynaeve, and this was my 
it had to be my second favorite scene because man, that Annabelle scene was everything. Landry goes to see Nynaeve, who's by the arches, and she tells her most people don't come back here to relive their experiences. And she wonders if any of it was real. And instead of telling her it wasn't real, she affirms, well, the pain was. But in time, it does fade. And she asks, who did you lose inside? I'm glad she said her daughter instead of Lon. Yeah, sure. He is a part of that narrative, but... Uh, I think losing her daughter was the worst of it. And that she did feel like she was in there with the, uh, for years. She went through all of the experiences of giving birth, of watching her first steps. And while it's fading, she kind of almost doesn't want to let that go because that was a life in which she was happy. Leandrin admits she kept her son a secret for 80 to 90 years to stop her enemies from using him to hurt her. The magic keeps them young, but instead of keeping him a million miles away in safer places, she kept him here in Tarvalon for herself because she was afraid of risking the only thing in this world that's ever truly been hers. And I thought that was rather poignant, something about a child being truly yours. She then goes on to explain the reason men are cursed when they channel is not because they are men, but because... Or that they don't deserve the honor of channeling. But because when they channel, the madness takes hold and they kill the people they love the most. Aes Sedai are cursed too for the one power. Slows down their aging and they have to watch everything they ever loved pass away helpless to stop it. That's what Nynaeve says. Well, no wonder they do not let you train the novices. Because you're just a whole bucket of joy but she gives her some advice saying in the face of that pain and loss the will to keep going is to find something that is only yours in this world and hold on to it and when it's finally gone you find another and she asks, knowing that her son is either dead or about to be dead have you found another Instead of answering that question, she tells her that Perrin may be captured and no one here is going to care, but don't do anything rash. It's a trap! Back in Alana town, Maxim bounces after like five minutes of trying to meditate. Not even five minutes. He's like, this shit is not for me. Allowing Ivan to drop his wisdom to Lon about what he should do. He wants to go back, but he's in his feelings about something she said, and he knows that it's something she said that's bothering him the most. And he reveals she said they weren't equals. His look. Boy, if you don't get. He didn't make all the points, though. Like, come on. We may be good fighters, and we remind them that they are mortals, but they can reign lightning bolts from the sky stop it Lon doesn't know what moraine wants anymore alana receives troubling news moraine is still avoiding her sister and Vare. it's about to go down but she catches her in her room 
being like, I'm going to need you to get a reality check. And this is the moment in which I'm about to give it to you. Because not only did you leave, just know when you left, I idolized you. Just know when you left, I rooted for you. But know that you abandoned me. I had to not only deal with humiliation of being spat in my face and having to smile for begging neighbors for food when our uncle ruined our family, putting it back together. No, I don't need a pat on the head and a good job. Fuck that. You gonna respect that you are no longer the queen bee up in this bitch. It's my house. It's my town. My son's about to marry the queen. If you want to know where that redhead boy is, you gonna sit your ass down and you're gonna ask very nicely where he is over some tea. You can't fuck with Queen Bee. Queen Bee. I watched this scene twice and giggled. And I could have saved you a whole ass field trip if you would have just done what I asked the first five minutes of being here. Elaine and Egwene rest their tired bones over booze. Nynaeve barges in and tells Elaine to leave despite it being her room. What the fuck is wrong with you as a person? She acts like nobody ever taught her manners. I need to discuss something very sensitive with my friend. I know that it's your room, but can I please have a moment? Not, I'm going to stare at you, and if you don't get the fuck out, I might use violence. This is the type of shit that makes Nynaeve a little unbearable at times. Just putting it out there. She tells Egwene what has happened, that Perrin has been captured, and that Lowell has been captured as well. And that she intends to go and do something about it. She wants her to stay. Because while she's an accepted, she's still a novice. And she doesn't want her to risk her career. To which Egwene tells her, you need to realize that I will put my friends over my career. And if I had been stronger at the eye of the world... Maybe then, I don't know. That felt like that was going into the argument of why you needed to actually stay at the tower. Then she just goes on to say, I uh, I will never let you any of you down again or something to that effect. You tell them I'm coming and hell's coming with me, you hear? So that settles that. They go a secret way out. She says, I don't know really all the details. I'm just going off the minute I see here my friends are in trouble Elaine follows them wondering what they're doing but they are startled to see Leandrin Nynaeve tries to take the blame but she's only worried Leandrin about the extra complication that is the daughter heir since clearly she intended to get the girls out of the castle of their own accord she also seemed to channel via the dark power. It just looked very similar to, to how Ishmael channeled. And she knocks all three of them unconscious, but not before apologizing to Nynaeve. 
She seems to have a soft spot for Nynaeve. And I wonder if she has become her new inspiration, but that seems very at odds with the clear betrayal of this moment. Min is awoken by Ishmael, reminding her of her past, forced to read fortunes for her aunt seeing horrifying things. She tries to say, I'm not about that dark life, but he kind of tells her, you want what you want, only I can give it to you. I think you'll take Matt to Carhang. And I'm not saying you're going to murder him. I'm not saying you're even going to betray him. Just saying you're going to do what I ask. Fades attack Celine and Rand right before they get to the, the cabin. He channels. She pretends to be surprised. He admits his love for her before going into cabin for more gratuitous shagging. You notice I have no enthusiasm with this storyline because I feel no enthusiasm with this storyline. <laughs> I've just been waiting for the other shoe to drop and I feel as if Rand should have been known. Just as Ivan is caught up on what the prophecy is, we find out that Lanfear has been let out of her cage. Rain shows up to stab Celine before she reveals her true nature to Ran. He didn't take, it didn't take long to convince him otherwise. What's up with all the bondage between them? Like, ooh, let me, let me, she was about to reveal her nature to him too. I got a secret to tell you too, since we're now in love. And I'm like, are you though? You can't be in love on false pretenses. But he did seem to really, I mean, you are the first person he said I've shown my power to, and your name is not Egwene. She definitely gonna feel some type of way. They gonna be battling. <laughs> Uh, I take back what I said previously about um, about wanting Nynaeve and Rand to be together. I, ch- I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. She don't need to be anywhere near that mess that already is a mess. I'm glad Perrin, though, is starting to get his own agency. That's appreciative. That's one of the big takeaways I got from this episode. And finally, some cards are being put on the table. That is my review of the episode that I gave a 8.9 out of 10. But we do have feedback, so let's hop into the mailbag. Mail, motherfucker! What up, Stina? This is Mimi. This is my feedback for Will of Time, uh, episode 4 of season 2. Um, I'm trying to figure out how I want to do this because I didn't write notes like I said I was gonna and by the time I realized that I wasn't writing notes (laughs) I was already mostly done with the episode so I just got to be better about writing stuff down because I told myself this is something I want to do like almost like journaling it out so that when I read the book I can have something to look back at um, and not just depend on my memory. Um, but I guess the first thing I want to talk about was um, the Rand storyline. Um, 
I listened to your podcast mostly after I had sent feedback. Um, I'm finally caught up. So now that I'm like listening and I realize that you were saying she was a dark friend, like I got the feeling that she was something was shady, especially when she had that interaction with the older lady at the party it just she she came across as someone that was shady but I guess dark friend never even occurred to me um I feel like like I don't know if you should be able to sense them but I feel like Moraine and Land can so I feel like if if um Rand wasn't fighting his powers maybe he could sense that something is off with these people too but as soon as they showed that opening scene with the the, the blood lady that was really slim pale with the white the dark hair like the thick dark hair I was like oh yeah that's Celine absolutely um and I I would like to say this because I I know <laughs> you never remember things like this but I remember we were watching this I think it was actually Doom, Doom Patrol, and I was saying that, like, I had this opinion that, you know, if an adult, like, if you're an adult and you get introduced to um, a producer or director or whatever, just because so, someone else introduced them to you, and you, you know, sleep with them, whatever, get a role, like, you're an adult, you made that decision, and you were, like, saying, oh, no, so-and-so is a bad person she's introducing them like yes she's introducing them to to in in fact try and see if they could get the director you know get them some so that she can continue to get roles and granted that's wrong but as an adult i feel like if you're an actress you or a singer or entertainer for whatever reason you got to make a decision you have to know that the business is like this, like especially back in the day. And from what I've been learning, it has not changed that much. That if you go into that that person's hotel room, you have one or two choices. Either say no and leave or do what they want and, and get the part. So to me, you justifying Rand not being a gigolo because you know they're adults and you know he's doing this and that it's the same thing so this is exactly what I'm talking about like you be having different opinions based off the situation and I can't help but think that you're saying it's okay for Rand because he's a dude the situation is still the same she's an older woman and she's supposed to be older because you can see the age difference I don't know how much older but I would say she's close to Moraine's age well clearly Moraine is way fucking older than we thought but you know in her like late 30s early 40s let's just go ahead and say that she's clearly old as fuck too because she's a dark friend and she's one of the the oldest it sounds like but she is an older woman and Rand is clearly a young guy we know he's young we don't I don't remember how old he's supposed to be but I want to say he's like 18 19 years old and granted he has a service that you want and you have some goods he has goods that you want and you have something that that he needs so you guys exchange you know one for the other tit for tat quid pro quo whatever you want to call it but the situation is the same like if you're saying that he is not a gigolo and what he's doing is fine then it should go the other way around if someone is introducing you to a, a director and you're an actress same thing I just don't like 
the way that they're portraying him. It'd be one thing, like, because I feel like the the character, like, you know, being shown as, you know, him, like, loving the woman, you know, in, in a sense where, like, their relationship developed because, you know, they had some type of mutual understanding and they care for each other. Then I would understand the progression and what we just saw in this episode. But they had us believe that that this is just a transactional relationship he's boning her because he wants to stay at her inn and you know so on and so forth but then he's like oh you know you hurt the ones you love it's like you love me like are you fucking kidding me Rand? <laughs> did didn't y'all just go through this whole scene in the in the bedroom where she's asking you to open up and you didn't want to tell her anything but now you fucking love her like <laughs> he is so he they making him so dumb in this 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 uh season and these last couple episodes he's been really stupid and it's annoying me like the whole scene with the um fade coming out and him protecting her pushing her like the whole thing, like y'all, you, your first instinct wasn't to run. You didn't do anything. Like you were, you, you sat there, pushed her out of the way, and you just stopped. Like then you hesitated. Like it's either you guys run or you use your powers. Like I, there's not a really a middle. And then you're, you're like, I wanted to tell you, but no, you didn't. Don't, don't do her like that. You didn't want to tell her. You telling her now because you ain't have no fucking choice. But you didn't even try to run. And why were y'all sleeping outside on the floor in the ground if there was a cabin right behind you? Like, who fucking, who wrote this scene, is, is, I guess is my real question. It was just all around stupid. And then um, when they were in the bed and she's like, oh, I'm a monster too. And some weird noise is happening and she was doing some weird shit. And Rand was like, what's going on? What's happening? You were very concerned, sir, for good reason. She looked like she was going to do some shit that wasn't going to be beneficial for, to you. And then when Moraine, like, stabbed her with his sword and then slit her throat, he was going to kill Moraine, talking about you killed her. She, did you not, were you not concerned with what was happening? I'm a monster, too. That's very, that's very scary if someone said that to me. And then some weird shit is happening. Like, I feel it in my soul that something weird is happening. And right before whatever is about to happen happens, somebody stops you. The last thing I'm going to do is try and kill them. I would have ran. Like, I feel like ran running after Moraine, like, cut the the, straight, the restraints would have been a good, like, would have been a good response. And, motherfucker, you could tell me what's going on afterwards. But for you to get mad and try to kill her saying, you you killed her dude like why are y'all making Rand look like a fucking moron like i oh my goodness i i don't know this that thing that whole this whole episode their scenes got on my fucking nerve and i just i can't do anything but blame the writers because the actors are just they just playing a part about words that are written on a piece of paper this whole scene was stupid and i can't it might just be me but i didn't like it i, I could have done without this whole storyline She's a dark friend. Y'all could have found a better way because this shit's so stupid. I'm, I'm done talking about them, but I'm glad um, Moraine, you know, <laughs> had tea with her sister. And I guess that that's a good way to go into her part. When I, at the beginning of this episode, we saw that old lady putting the wig on. I'm like, oh, is this the lady that was talking to Rand? 
um, was she the one that was telling Rand about the hut and all that stuff? I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the lady. But before my mind could even, like, register what she looked like and try and figure it out, they were like, oh, your older sister's here. And then Moraine's ass walks in. Like, damn! And then when you find out the whole backstory, Moraine's a bitch. <laughs> she an asshole. And then for her to just come in like she running shit... Like, you left her with nothing, and the fact that she still has this house, no thanks to you, is a miracle, and then you have the audacity to be <laughs> sitting here acting like you run the place, like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, and then when she's like, you know, my son is about to marry a queen, I was like, how old is your fucking son? Your son, like, if she, she looks like she's in her fucking late 70s, 80s. Your son gotta at least be 50. I guess that's the thing, but I just, I, I know kings marry young when they're that old, but I guess noblemen can marry, I, I guess that actually makes sense, but I just wasn't expecting her to say maybe my grandson, but my son, like, your son is pretty old, ma'am. Unless she had a late in life, and I don't even know if that's a thing back then. But anyway, um, the way she played Moraine, I was, I was actually, I was here for it. It's what she, humble her ass, because she needed to be humbled, because everything she did to you was fucked up, and she didn't even look back, and she straight up said, I'm not going to apologize for leaving, so she's not sorry at all, and I, I'm glad, I hope, I hope you made her grovel for that information, she clearly did what she needed to do to get to Rand, um, but I actually like Moraine's little sister, um, she's a pretty awesome chap, <laughs> that's not... They not, that's not what they call women. She's she's awesome, and I love that whole TC. She really dragged her and humbled her, and and it was great. Um, I feel like she deserves to be humbled. And um, speaking, the one thing I do want to say about Land is that I can't remember exactly what you said about you know him being a grown adult and making decisions. I was like, I think you're forgetting that Moraine and Lan are bonded and we don't understand like they didn't really go into depth about the bond but in the books it sounds like they're like their fucking DNA is intertwined it's like being a part of a person so I feel like you asking him to just say well she's being mean to me let me leave is is under it's understating their connection and um I feel like if she just told him the truth maybe it wouldn't have been so difficult for him I don't know like with the kind of bond that they have he might not ever want to leave her and that might be true but I just feel like um for you to just say get over it you're you know you're an adult she's treating like shit move on and listen to everyone else it's unfair because they're bonded and if she fucked up and needed to leave then then she should have disconnected their bond a long time ago she could have had one of the people that she's staying with do it if only I said I could do it I feel like there was a lot of options but just ignoring Lan knowing that he's gonna be him is a pretty dick move um and I I do hope that that Lan gets over her if it's possible and he still has his mental health intact um I also don't want him to be um um, Nynaeve's warder, it just seems weird, like, I love you, let me be your warder, even though I was just someone else's, and the only reason I could be yours is because she 
debonded me. <laughs> it seems fucking weird. And it's, it's, I don't know. It's, I, it's not the same as marriage, but that's the only comparison I could think of. It's like, um, okay, I can marry you now because that other girl divorced me. I didn't divorce her. She divorced me and left me no choice. But now that I'm free, let's go ahead and get hitched. Like, that's, that's shit ain't cute. Um, and <laughs> I wouldn't want that for Nynaeve. Um, speaking of Nynaeve, um, it, I wasn't sure if what I saw in her, um, you know, when she was in her little dreamscape, if she, like, I was like, cause I remember them saying you're not, you're not able to like, um, use the one power, but she was, and that one dude confirmed it, the one warder, um, wannabe confirmed that yes indeed she did wield it um interesting um but the thing that i am confused about is they kept saying oh we don't want to know what happened in your you know in the arches that's your burden to bear like you know don't tell us anything so how did they find out that she used the one power I thought they weren't allowed to talk about it. I thought they weren't even going to listen. So that in itself is strange how everyone knows. And I'm very curious um, about that. Um, all in all, this episode wasn't terrible. It was just that land, uh, the Rand storyline that I was not a fan of. Um, I am very interested in what's going on with Perrin. And I'm glad that he actually had a conversation and... Um, you know, with the wolves themselves, and, uh, he, um, oh my god, I'm trying to think of what the guy's name, the black dude with the locks, I really can't remember his name, it's, it's a lot, a, a lot, no, it's not Elijah, Elias, Elias, um, yeah, um, so I am very, very excited to get to this storyline, because I did like that storyline in the book, um, and him understanding, you know, who he is, what he is, and, you know, being able to hone his skills. Um, I am looking forward to the people all meeting back up um, really quick with uh, Min and uh, Matt. In the book, Matt is paired with this someone else, and I can't think, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at that companion book my sister gave me so that I can remember, um, I don't know, men came across as lesbian in this story, um, the TV version, so I don't know if she's gonna be one of Matt's, uh, true loves, but I guess only time will tell, um, but now she's really fucking screwed, cause she has, uh, one of the oldest fucking dark friends, <laughs> Ishmael at her fucking footsteps and she wants that power gone and I guess she like it seems like he gave her an option but he probably didn't it's either do what I want and take and I can take your powers away or I'm gonna kill you that was probably it so it really I guess <laughs> I guess he really didn't have a choice so or she so uh, we'll see but whatever happens Matt has it coming because if his punk ass would have just stayed in the arches um, and with his friends, they wouldn't have been separated and he wouldn't be where he is now. So I think everything he's going through is something he needs to go through because he's being a little bitch. Um, and he, he needs to really reconcile with himself about why he is the way he is and do better. So hopefully this betrayal will let him know that if you just stay with your two rivers folk, you wouldn't be going through this. So, yep. 
Um, I will end it here. I know this is long, my bad. I guess I had more to say than I thought. Um, until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. That was Queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode. So, uh, first hot topic, first hot topic. Well, it's not even really a hot topic because I really don't care about Rand's storyline either. So I'm really not even invested enough to be upset with it. And I think because, again, your attachment to the book characterization and him in general, and, uh, you know, you have more expectation going on there. I think that having a different opinion on something because the variables change is natural. Can't blanket every scenario with the same thing. So when you say gigolo, I consider that a male prostitute, a man who engages in sex for money. Uh, to stay at my house to provide you some food or give you a good cooked meal. I mean, all those things in there are not to me personally, things that quantify what a gigolo is because it is a straight, pure interaction that is professionally brokered between two people versus he finds himself in a town he uh finds uh he starts staying at an inn. He probably gets a job. He didn't probably go in with the intention of, oh, I can't pay. Let me offer my dick. Think she was like, oh, I'm into you. You're into me. We're feeling the vibes. And hey, maybe if uh maybe I don't pay- charge you for the rent because I care about you as a person or I want to get something else from you. I want to pursue this more. So um then then you pay me for this room. So that's other than her being the innkeeper, that's their interaction. I mean, be no different than if she's like, "Okay, come in. You can stay into my house, but um you have to pay for you have to uh to have sex with me in order to stay here." Like the explicit list of it is where it loses me on the definition. And I don't feel as if he's been taken advantage of because it's a proposition that he clearly is emotionally attached to. And I kind of even felt that in the first and second episode. Like it wasn't just a sexual thing between them. It was a little bit more. And anytime a guy is like, at least in my opinion, is all like, oh, I don't want to tell you my secrets. It's all because I'm protecting you because I care about you. Right. And he's trying to keep this secret about him channeling is the whole reason why he got away from Egwene. And yet here you have someone who's not running from him, which is his biggest fear or being disgusted by him but someone who accepts him fully for who he is because, well, I guess she's not a dark friend. It feels like she's something else. And of course I I told you that damn x-ray told me her name's Lanfair. So I can't even remember if that was said in the episode or if I just knew that because I looked at x-ray, but 
I don't know. I think that's different than going to someone who's straight off the bus, naive. Yes, I'm not saying that they're not not culpable as far as, you know, you are an adult. You do have a choice here. And if that choice is I don't get a, a situation or I don't get a part in Hollywood because I don't want to have sex with so on and so forth, then that's the choice you have to to make. But most people won't make the harder choice, the moral choice. That's the thing. Um, people are more inclined to make the the bad choice than they are to uh, the the easy choice to make the hard choice. I think if you're brokering uh that transaction for your own monetary gain without fully informing the girl of what exactly it is that she's going to have to do so to get some measure of consent uh or even explain what it is that it is like okay this is the truth of it i can hook you up but this is what it is that's to me different than oh it's okay this is just what everybody does and you're grooming them so i think the actions of how things play out is definitely different but i also feel indifferent to rand's arc i don't even think it's because it i mean i didn't personally think i think the whole setup near the cabin it was to get him to reveal he has his powers. He keeps trying not to tell her and she clearly knows these are mental breakdowns in his barriers for whatever, whatever things that he's up to. Now he is naive for not fucking figuring this shit out or that this would be something that's going down, but him being naive doesn't <laughs> mean you're stupid. It just means that you don't have, you're trying to go out and do this by yourself and you can't and you need to learn that particular lesson because you went out and did it and look what happened to you. You almost fell into the dark hands. So yeah, I agree to some extent. You should, he should definitely be a lot more cautious but at the same time, I'm sure he's not thinking that someone's going to come out to sexually seduce me to the dark side. I mean, <laughs> uh, that is a bit much. And I'm curious on why she took this particular tactic, because like you said, they could have taken a lot more other ones. Um... I also think it's a bit of a comparison. Like he got away from Egwene because she's a cupcake. Celine is more his line of that's what they're trying to showcase anyway with the, the whole bondage thing. Even with Moraine, he's like putting choke hold in her, which is something you never should do to a woman. Uh, so they're trying to to indicate that there is darkness within Ran. At least that's what I'm taking away from those particular scenes. Once again, I just have no emotional investment. As far as Moraine, I did love that scene with her little sister. I think it definitely made more clear 
that the protagonist is not she's not a hundred percent she makes mistakes too she's even not been the best of people in her past maybe she's been a little selfish and maybe that's some things she's got to confront especially at the height of her absolute failure i think that's actually really smart uh, it utilizes exactly all those things that have been troublesome about Moraine's characterization and it begins to to crystallize it in a backstory that again is not an excuse but is a reason and anyone who says I'm not going to apologize for that you clearly feel bad about it <laughs> that's saying one thing while inside you do feel a whole bunch of regret and that's why she won't talk to her sister because the avoidance of it. It's not just she thinks her shit don't stink. That is part of the equation. But there's also the other that is starting to realize that she left a lot of shitty messes around her. But doesn't want to acknowledge it. Even when an apology isn't even necessary and i think that it what isn't necessary and her sister's not blowing up on her even puts her even more uh on the offense um he's not being affirmative oh that's what my issue is with lon you make a good point about the bond that that's not so easy to walk away from. And I thought I, I made, you know, kind of the, an allusion to that with one of my <laughs> sound bites that I do get his, his uh, feelings here. And I think I even brought up that the bonds probably having a lot to do with that. My issue is he has been lacking authority. It, whether it's helping Moraine further or finding something else to do, I think that he could be making his own decisions. Like if you're her warder, like you are put in a position where you shouldn't have to have, now we find out he masked the bond. You shouldn't even have to have that to be able to anticipate or figure out your own route. He's just allowing her to, to basically keep kicking him like a like a puppy behind her where that's not that's not where he should be at he should be more assertive in his goals so even when he's like I don't know what Moran wants anymore he's lost complete faith in his own ability to and I think that that is the part where I am disappointed in but it's something he may need to figure out as well so i mean just because i'm uh criticizing their current actions doesn't mean it's not part of their own growth story but lon certainly i, I just that's my biggest pet peeve with him right now is that he's just sitting really mulling on what his worth is instead of defining what his worth is and no one's going to do that besides yourself maybe that's a little clear and as far as her channeling i get what you mean there like how is things discussed out of that room i do think they were trying to make that part of the ceremony of yeah 
you know, we don't want to know what you're going in the arches because we don't want to have, you know, you got to keep going through the test. And some people don't want to talk about it. Some people probably do talk about it afterwards. So I didn't ever got the indication. No one ever talked about what was going on, but during the ceremony that it wasn't a topic of discussion, but I could have misheard that. But I feel like if you do something that no one's ever done before, that's going to be gossip. Somebody's telling somebody. <laughs> like everyone walked away thinking she was dead. Um, and then she comes back. And I think you were right about the gate because they said the gate only came once. But she channeled and that's when the gate appeared again. So I think that also could play into why everyone else knows. Sorry if I heard you heard me. In my voice, my st I still have this stupid code. I don't know why. No, I don't have COVID. <laughs> it's just it's it's summer or it's winter. It happens. And that are that that I think that's gonna wrap up my thoughts on your feedback. If you want to join in the conversation, blackercouch at gmail.com. Where you can leave your comments below. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.